Ready for Blocker for the full show tomorrow, lots. Can't wait to be with Because you weren't fella. here, of course, last no, Friday. No, I was away, but yeah. I'll tell you what. I'm looking forward to seeing how many ideas he has in the first hour. <laughs> and then how he'll transition from being up to being down to being up again. Now, last week, did he work before... No, I Friday he, show. Did he have it? No, I don't think so. I think he had the, a game on Friday nighty. No, yeah. no, he went to the Sunshine Coast actually for the Saturday game. For, for the, the Saturday for the game. So South he's Fox. got to come in tomorrow with a, a little bit, a little bit tired, jaded. Mm. Yeah, right. So maybe in a similar path to what you come in on a Friday morning after the Matty John show. Yes. So <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be interested to see how Blocky hands it tomorrow. Yeah. But he'll be ready. He'll be up and about. We know he's got plenty of energy. But you two will get each other up. What did you just oh, pull out of your pocket there? A chalk chip muffin? Yep. Sitting oh, not for next me. to the banana. That's not me. I okay. take it oh, home. Oh, you take them home for the, for the family. I right. take it home. We share one. Okay. Between five. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, note from uh, the tab traders. Nick Kyrgios is firm from 15 into $10 to win the US Open. Starts later this month. Uh, he's beaten the world number one, Daniel Medvedev, this morning at the Montreal Masters, the ATP event. Big lead-up to the US Open, of course. So a win for Nick Kyrgios and also a win for Alex Dimonor over Grigor Dimitrov. So the two Aussies are playing each other next in the third round. Who are you backing? Nick. He's he's flying lots. They showed his last six tournaments on a graphic yesterday. And I think it's... All bar one tournament, it's semi-final or final, of course, including Wimbledon. I wonder what's clicked with him then. He still doesn't have a coach. Yeah, but no I suppose coach. When, once, you've, once you've found your rhythm and you're playing consistently on tour, I, I suppose he's just trusting what he's doing. Mm. And they all speak about the natural raw ability that he has. It's obviously just working for him at this moment in time. Whether it can stand up for 12 months or whether it can stand up for a three-year period or a two-year period, we're about to find out. But you'd think with the confidence that he have, he's winning tournaments or making finals and semifinals. Um, we'll see how far he can go with it. G'day, Croft. How are you? Morning, team. I uh, hope you're well. Yeah, you too. You too. Well, I want to start with the Patrick Cripps suspension at Carlton. How is this even a suspension, Croft? <laughs> Well, you're not allowed to do it, you know. You've got to... Uh, not allowed to do what? Compete for the ball? <laughs> well, there's, you can compete for the ball, but you can also do uh, body spoils. Uh, you can make it look like you're going for the footy, you know, and so forth. And they've really cracked down on this. The, the, the problem is that, um, you know, once you hit a player, if they go down and they're suffering some type of injury, the player's accountable. So uh, that's where, unfortunately, he's come undone. Um, he needed to pick a bigger target uh, that didn't sort of fall down and, and uh, you know, fall on a bit of a heap and, and cop it like they did. So um, it's unfortunate. Uh, they got no chance. They're trying to appeal. They're trying to do all sorts of things. They've got no chance. Um, it's just waste. They're wasting everyone's time and effort. Um, they really need him over the last two weeks because mm-hmm. the Blues are in massive danger of not winning a, a game over the next two weeks. They've got Melbourne this week, who are third. And then they've got, what about this? They've got Collingwood, who are coming off 11 in a row, could be 12 in a row. And that, I reckon there might be 100,000 people at that game 
for the very final round for season, you know, 2022, there could be 100,000. And this is a game you want to get to if you can. You know, jump on a plane, come to Melbourne and experience this because you're going to have two crowds, unlike a grand final, not all the corporates and so forth. This is going to be two clubs that hate each other. It's Carlton and Collingwood. I know I'm getting ahead of myself because it's next week. Uh, but this will be an, an amazing spectacle. Uh, the crowd are going to be right into it. Their supporters are both up and about. And, yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, that would be amazing, wouldn't it? 100,000 people in the last game of the season and possibly could decide Carlton's fate. Um, it looks as though uh, Croft, Alistair Clarkson, and I think you mentioned it a few weeks ago, or it might have been last week, that it, it looks like he's going back home to North Melbourne. Well, that's what they're saying, but he has had four meetings with the Giants. So, um, you know, he's, he's, he's definitely, you know, leaving no stone unturned. He's, he's obviously going through everything that he wants before he makes a clear decision. Um, you know, I even got a text message last week um, saying that, that he couldn't catch up because he was in Sydney. So I'm thinking, oh, what's going on in Sydney? <laughs> so maybe he's coaching the Swans. Maybe John Longmore is going to hand over and move on after doing an amazing job. But... Um, yeah, I think that's Alistair Clarkson. He's just sort of going through every area of the footy clubs that he's interested in, and he's just making sure that he gets it right. No matter where he goes, he just gets it right. The Giants were good last week, so um, you know that would have probably given him a bit of confidence. But then North Melbourne have had two years of rebuilding, so it's not starting from scratch. And I've just got a feeling, you know, I just think if he can get that club going again... Um, you know, he'll be the Messiah. He can sort of go wherever he wants, whenever he wants. We've had a couple of Josh Kennedy retirements in the last few days. The Eagles' Josh Kennedy bowed out with eight goals, but, uh, well, the Swan Josh Kennedy, what a player he has been for that club. Uh, of course, from Hawthorne Royalty, which you know all about, Croft, but uh, what he leads, well, he's had the most contested possessions in league history as far as that stat's being recorded uh, what a legacy he's going to leave, but uh, I fear that he may not get back in that side at some stage before, but between now and the end of the season. No, 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 it's very unlikely. Um, you know, second hamstring, and not only that, you know, his, his spot was being questioned a little bit because they brought in a lot more run. But I'll tell you, Josh Kennedy, I was lucky enough to play a couple of years with Josh when he first started out, and he just couldn't crack into our team, but he was probably our 23rd, 24th player. He just missed out on... Um, you know, being a part of the grand final team in 208. But I tell you what, you couldn't get a harder, harder working, you know, unbelievable teammate. And, you know, it was a tough decision because Alistair Clarkson at the time had an unbelievable relationship with John Kennedy Sr., you know, an absolute doyen when it comes to AFL football. And he was a, a great coach for Hawthorne, North Melbourne. And, he was just, you know, Kennedy's commandos. He used to have him running up the sand dunes. and But anyway, he was a real confidant for Alistair Clarkson. So that decision to have that conversation with Josh Kennedy, Sydney Swans' Josh Kennedy, and say, listen, I just can't put you ahead of, you know, Jordan Lewis or Sam Mitchell. So I just can't get you in to that spot in the middle, you know, where you've got to bash and crash. Um, it hurts me and, you know, I'll play you as soon as there's an opportunity. But... Maybe, maybe you do need to consider your other options. And wow, uh, what a career he went on to have at the Sydney Swans. Uh, so proud of him. Um, he's done an incredible job. And as you said, the most contested football 
Um, he's got huge shoulders. He's got an amazing work ethic, and I have no doubt the Sydney Swans will try and keep him involved heavily uh, in that football club moving forward. And it was, yeah, it's always a sad way to see you know players retiring. We've, we've seen David Mundy um, say that he's going to finish at season end. Ben McAvoy during the week, um, you know, a great play for the Hawks and was at the St Kilda and. Um, you know, there's been a lot of retirement. It's always a sad time, but, um, you know, we're just grateful that they were a part of the league for a long time and had such an influence. You mentioned Josh Kennedy. What about the other Josh Kennedy over there <laughs> at West Coast? Unbelievable performance from him in his last game. Well, that's it. And uh, it's interesting from a punting point of view, everyone thought, oh, he'll definitely get four-plus goals. Um, and you just know that, you know, when, when the pressure's off and you're trying to send someone off, um, you know, on the right foot, uh, you just want to get them the footy. You just want to give it to them and make sure they're in the game and finish the way they want. But he, that, that, that was a famous trade. You know, Chris Judd comes to Carlton and then Josh Kennedy goes off to West Coast. And Lars, you tell me, you love your AFL football. Mm-hmm. Who won out of that deal? Because obviously Chris Judd, super player, went Ooh. on to win a Brownlow and had a great influence at Carlton. But then Josh Kennedy, he's kicked, what, over... 720 mm. goals, maybe a few more, and what, an, what a career he's had at the West Coast Eagles, including a premiership a few years ago where where they killed, uh, unfortunately, Collingwood, you know, in the dying minutes. So who who won out of that deal? Oh, I have you to say what? West Coast well, premiership. He, well, he, he premiership and played <laughs> longer, but the better player obviously was Jack. Yeah, well, without a doubt, but it comes he's down to legend. premierships. When no, you're he's talking. sitting on the fence, like I said. All right. All right, Crawf. Um, yeah, I'll go Kennedy. Well, here, yeah, I'll throw one back at you, Crawf. I'm going to throw one back at you, all right? <laughs> no comment. <laughs> Has the Swans made the correct call giving Buddy a 10-year deal and they haven't won a premiership and they spent all that money on him? Absolutely. Absolutely. What, from a, a marketing point of view, I know it's all about premierships, but from a marketing point of view, the the merchandise that would have sold, you know, they'll be building another Harbour Bridge uh, soon because, mm. um, you know, he, he's been incredible. And I know you sort of judge on premierships and I know they've, they've you know, come close, but um, uh, he, he's been incredible. And everyone everyone laughed at the Swans. They said, why on earth would you give someone a 10-year deal? He's lasted it. Not, not only that, you know, he's, he's put him in a position where they've got to decide whether they give him another year or try and give him another two. So. You reckon he'll stay? Uh, I, I don't. I really don't know. Um, I I think if I, I don't think it's about money. I really don't. I just think you know it's it's more about um, you know where the family fits moving forward. I, I wouldn't be surprised. I know everyone says, oh, maybe Brisbane. I reckon if he went anywhere else, I reckon he'd go to the Gold Coast. Only if they offered him a two-year contract, mm. um, you know, come up in a leadership um, sort of role, but also a coaching sort of role, you know, for future development. Because I think eventually they'll live on the Gold Coast or near the Gold Coast because just since his family's from that way. But it's a tough decision because I know he absolutely adores the Sydney Swans mm. and he's been so grateful, um, you know, for that football club. So it'll be a very tough decision. And, yeah, I, I don't think it's it's all about money because I think he's got enough, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, well, he would have had a flag in 2016 if the umpires gave the Swans a fair go. But let's not bring up uh, old wounds, Croft. Uh, $1.40, the Swans, Collingwood, $3. 
Uh, Collingwood plus 18.5 at the line with Tab. What a game this is going to be at the SCG Sunday afternoon. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people of Melbourne in particular will be looking at the, the pies at $3 and thinking, gee, that's juicy for a side that's won 11 on the trot, but they've got to go to the SCG. Yeah, well, it's like backing a horse that's won 11 in a row, you know, and you're getting three bucks. It's like, what's going on? The odds are wrong. <laughs> the odds are wrong because Collingwood are a good team. They play a real good style of footy. Uh, they take the game on. Um, and the Swans are good too. So uh, I think this is going to be an absolute cracker. Collingwood travels really well. They uh, they have had really good, um, even, you know, their form over the last few years, which has been a touch dodgy. They've always travelled really well. And um, oh, this is this is awesome uh, because both teams obviously got to win to be top four, um, you know, especially with one round going next week. And top four, you get top four, then you start to dream, you know. And then, you know, if the Swans can win and, and make the top four and they go on and win the flag, then everyone can stop doubting Buddy and whether or not the deal worked. <laughs> hmm. I'm saying, well, it definitely worked then. But um, I, I think the odds are wrong on this. Collingwood... Um, you know, for a long time I've been thinking, oh, maybe they'll drop off, maybe they'll slow down. Maybe I think they're getting better. You know, they played an unbelievable opposition last week in Melbourne, who threw everything at them, um, and they just—I don't know. There's there's unbelievable belief. They're leaving good players out of their team at the moment. Um, yeah, so I, I do favour Sydney, but I just think the odds are wrong at three bucks. Pretty crazy, and I reckon the Giants' odds are pretty uh, wrong too because they're playing the Dogs. The Dogs are a dollar eighteen, and the Giants are almost five bucks. Yeah, they're five dollars now. And, and I've said all year, you cannot trust the Bulldogs because they have one or two really good quarters, put a good score together, but then they go missing and they give the opposition a chance. So I'm happy to have a little. Not that I think the Giants will win, but I'm thinking those odds in a two-horse race. Um, and the Giants were pretty good last week, so yeah, I'm happy to have a little little something, just an interest in that match, which would be, which should be pretty good. Oh, you got Melbourne and Carlton too. Melbourne are third, Carlton are seventh, and Carlton have just got to win. They've got to find a way to win without Paddy Cripps. So, um, and it, it's funny they've been good all year, and once one player goes out, and yes, he's a significant player. It's funny how everyone thinks, oh, it's a disaster. This season's over. You, you got yourself in a position to make the finals because you're a good team. So everyone's fulfilling roles, doing their bit. This is where you need your bottom 10 to really stand up. Okay, this is where Michael Voss will be looking them in the eye and saying, not that he'll be telling them they're in the bottom 10, but it's like, you need to give us something today. We really need you to step up and, and lift to another level. And he'll be really at, not your key players, but definitely your bottom 10 because that's where... You make the finals, that's where you win premierships, making sure your bottom 10 can lift to a new level. Just looking at the Demons, though, Crawford, I know everyone, you know, is not going to write them off, but they've only won four of their last 10. Yeah. That's not good form coming into the back end of the year. No, no, definitely not. Um, But they're just hanging around like a bad smell, and at their very best, um, you know, I think they're better than everyone else. But the problem is... um, you got Clayton Oliver and Petrarca and, and Max Gorn. They rely so heavily on those guys. So um, they too need to get their bottom 10 going. They need to get their mix through the middle. You know, I suppose Viney in there as well. But you need to shoulder more responsibility on others because at the moment, those guys are playing well every week, whereas their bottom 10, 
you know, a bit scratchy and they're uncertain on, you know, what's their best fit. So, yeah, I think this is why the grand, oh, not the grand final, but the final series is going to be unbelievable because form's fluctuated a fair bit. There's no cliff. In my mind, even though Geelong, you know, have been in the best form, I still have reservations and question marks, you know, especially finals footy and, and an older list, but they seem to have a good blend of, young players coming through so there's still a question mark especially with their history over the last few years of not actually you know gaining that flag so I just reckon it's so open but top four get to the top four give yourself a double chance and uh, yeah hopefully we see someone who hasn't won a flag for a while which I think would be pretty cool thanks so much Croft no worries all the best come on uh, come on the storm come on (laughs) (laughs) no chance tonight Croft (laughs) <laughs> no, I know, I know. Come on, Penrith. Oh, by the way, any horses? <laughs> no, I did go down and watch some trials. I watched 22 trials down at Cranbourne the other day, and all the good horses were were out having a bowl around. But um, I was just there because I thought, oh, what better way to spend the day, watching horses have a hit. But no, <laughs> n- nothing is yet. Uh, just saving. I'm saving for the spring carnival. <laughs> Beautiful. That's what we love. All right, see you later. Thinking about your next build or renovation, Wideline Windows and Doors has all the planning tools at your fingertips. Their website is full of inspirational ideas to make your project a success. There's advice and tips to get you started. They even have a colour selector and window planning tool, plus free online quotes returned in 48 business hours. Just upload your plans or tell them what you need. Easy. There's never been a better time to take a closer look at the Wideline Windows and Doors website. Go to www.wideline.com. Brad Davidson, morning to you. Morning, guys. How are we? Yeah, good, thanks. Excited about Saturday and the field's out for the Rosebud and the PB Lawrence as well. Yeah, looking forward to it, guys. Uh, It's really starting to build up, isn't it? It's a great time of the year for for two reasons. The good horses are starting to come back and it means that the end of winter is not far away. So uh, looking forward to it. And uh, the PB Lawrence, I think five of the nine are first up there on the weekend. A lot of these features, of course, are going to be a lot of first up horses as they all get back to the track at Mr. Brightside, the current favourite there at 3.20 ahead of uh, Scalapini there at $4, who does have that fitness, having four runs this preparation. And then you've got I Am Superman and Elephant on the next line there at 5.50 and 8.50 respectively. So competitive race to PB Lawrence and uh, and, and uh, up at Rose Hill, of course. Um, we've got the Rosebud for the, the three-year-olds. Caboo there for the Waterhouse and Botyard leads the market there at around that $2.90 mark. Been pretty impressive at, at both runs this preparation today and ha- has had a little freshen up since that last victory at Rose Hill. So, uh, yeah, looking like a, a decent race. Uh, both of them shaping up nicely and um, hopefully the, the weather can stay away and we can get a, a decent track there at Rose Hill Garden. Aft Cabin made a bit of a statement yesterday at Sandown. Did, Loz, yeah. This good open galloper. Um, it's that time of year where these big stables start unleashing some lightly raised gallopers. And this aft cabin ran second on debut at Warwick Farm over the 1,200. Stepped up to 1,400 there yesterday and absolutely blew his rivals away. One by about five lengths. Went from 100 to 1 into $11 as well in Tab's futures markets there for the Caulfield Guineas. So into third favourite there. That's how impressive he was. And basically one with his head on the chest by that big margin. So... Looks an exciting galloper. Obviously, it's only the, the midweeks at Sandown. Long way to go to talking those Group 1 Caulfield guineas. But uh, we know he's in the right sort of camp there for, 
to continue to improve. And we know good Open are all about making uh, stallions and whatnot. So I'm sure they'll be giving him his chance to head towards the, the big Group 1 features later this uh, spring. Going to have to keep a good eye on that one, Loz. Aft cabin. Uh, now, Mugger 2, uh, Dave. It's been 15 months since we saw it at the races in the Dooming Cup last year. And uh, it's been a couple of false starts due to very heavy tracks. And unfortunately, it looks like we're going to be heavy again. Uh, so we're in again on Saturday. I wonder if Chris Lees will certainly run him. Yeah, we'll see what happens there and, and see how, how, the, uh, how they go if they do run him. But yeah, it'd be good to see him uh, back. He's in the acceptances there. Obviously, has the, the big weight of 65 that gets down, I think, to the 62 after the claim. So, uh, yep, a horse that's uh, quite a popular galloper with a lot of punters right across the, the nation and um, obviously had a, a few issues and whatnot. But, as you said, just been held back with the, the wet weather in, in recent months. And she's been trialling well, though. And uh, I'm sure when he does go to the races, he'll give a good account of himself and then build up to you know, getting out to those 2,000 metre trips. And I'm not sure what the plans are for him this spring. But, um, yeah, I just, let's just hope he gets back and, and racing well at the races. Mate, we will get your mail tomorrow. Thank you. Look forward to it, guys. Cheers. Nick Kyrgios, 15 into $10 to win the US Open. Uh, late this month, it starts after his win against the world number one, Daniel Medvedev at the Montreal Masters. And Alex Dimonor won this morning against Grigor Dimitrov. So they'll play each other, the two Aussies, in the next round there in Montreal. In the UEFA Super Cup this morning, Real Madrid beat Eintracht Frankfurt 2-0. And uh, Gowie's tips from earlier, wasn't on today, Gowie, on a flight. But gave his tips for the St. Jude Championship. He likes Patrick Cantlay as a $17 chance with Tab. Uh, his roughie was Russell Henley, $61. And his top Aussie is Adam Scott, who's $61 to win the tournament. And he's $6 in the top Aussie market with Cameron Smith, the hot favourite in that market at $1.80. Uh, give us a call, 135353. With Blocker on earlier, Loz, we had uh, some yarns coming in on the text line. Text line number, by the way, 0419767272 about, well, people hiding their money and getting found out by their other half, mainly. And a couple of stories we didn't get to here. Hi, boys. One of my mates, quite cunning, had a hole in the tree down the back. Now, while away on a greyhound trip, they're the old bus trips, aren't they, the greyhound trips? His wife was in the garden and found the money. (laughs) When he got home, his wife told her God called her to the tree and found 10 G's in there, (laughs) 10 grand. He said, what did you do with it? She said, she gave it to the church. They aren't married anymore. Name withheld. (laughs) A calling from God. Oh, wow. You'd be stunned, wouldn't you? Oh, Imagine it, your jaw. Oh, it would hit the floor. I gave it to the church. I found ten thousand dollars. I, I wanted I to do a good it. deed. I gave well, that's it a good to the deed, church. but not when it comes at your expense. Yeah. Well, no. <laughs> and, <laughs> no, it's and not. you've hidden that hard earned. Yeah. For a reason. <laughs> and you've got your mind on spending it somewhere. Mm. That's what you always do. You always put it in there for a rainy day and mm. something you have in mind. Who knows? Down the track. Oh, no, they were already married. I was going to say it might have been saving up for the wedding ring, but they were already married. Oh, dear. Um, here's some r- big rascal behaviour from Emu from Wenty. G'day, lads. The time when a punter left his winning ticket on the table, we quickly scanned it via check and collect, the mm. tab app. 
and uh, deposited. So it deposited straight into their account because they got the ticket, scanned it, goes straight into the account via the check and collect, which you can do on the tab app. So the punter blew up Deluxe when he went to collect. So they're watching this bloke. He's gone to try and collect his <laughs> ticket. And when he came back to the table, his money was sitting on the table waiting for him. So the boys have oh, gone yeah, and done good. the old withdrawal or, you know, got put the cash together. Good pest behaviour. Just wanted mates. to watch this bloke absolutely lose it. Yeah. Oh, you'd lose it all right. And while he's doing that, turn around, put the money on the table. There oh, you go. There's some G-ups out there, mid up. There's plenty of people that love to have a bit of fun, love to stitch up their mates. And that's a pretty good get. That is. You can only imagine the blow up. Imagine the fury. Oh, you're like, I won. Yeah, probably a substantial amount as well. I'm guessing. Yeah, incredible stuff. What's this one? Did a great Keppel Island uh, footy show. Did a show at the Great Keppel Island back in the nineties. Oh, this one's for Blocker. Met you, Sterlo and Fatty playing pool. You all had a skin full. I was there on a Kentucky tour. Kentucky tour to the Great Keppel Island. They used to do those back in the day, didn't they? Great Keppel. Yeah. Steve at Rudy Hill sending that one through. Um, we got Sam on the line. G'day, Sam. Morning, boys. How are you? Yeah, pretty good for a Thursday. Yourself? Yeah, me. Uh, good, good. Um, what, regarding the uh, the South Sydney members wanting to go, which ground? I'm yes. South, I'm a South Sydney been for nearly 20 years now and a long-time supporter. Um, I'd rather go to Acor as a, from where I live. I live in Bradbury, Campbelltown. So as a convenience for parking... And for public transport, it is a hundred times better than when I used to go to the football stadium back in the days. So it's and and we're, as a member, we've got good seats anyway, so it doesn't make any difference in my opinion. Now the other thing is with parking, and I might be wrong here, but with the new setup, are they still allowing people to park on the grass there at Moore Park? I'm sure I read they might not be going forward. So, you know, everyone used to park in... There's no real car park. There's no real car park. Unless you just park Behind on the street. Behind the NRL, do they still have that little well, car park Well, that's a member's there? car park. We used yeah. to park in the schools. Okay, yep. Yeah, like so, like Sydney High School yeah. down there. Yeah, okay. Do you find, I guess, because you live in that area, you probably know a lot of other South people who are in the same boat as you. Absolutely. No, it's more convenient because mm. going to Moore Park, um, the traffic and the trams and parking, it's going, it's, it's going to be worse than what it used to be, in my opinion. Mm. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because you, you actually, can you tell me, would you rather the, taking, talking about the convenience, I, 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 I give you that, but if you're watching a game, do you prefer to watch it from um, a, a tighter stadium and a closer stadium? Compared to Acorn? Yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure, for sure. But as seat in viewing, yeah. I don't make, think it makes any difference because we're all close anyway as members. Um, but as atmosphere, because it's smaller, it's much nicer, yeah. Yeah, sure. right. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the thoughts are of a lot of uh, South supporters because, as you well know, there's a lot of supporters that follow South Sydney that are from all over the joint, not just in the eastern suburbs. Have you got para covered, Sam, this weekend? Uh, mate, very confident. Very confident. <laughs> yes, very confident. Yeah, Ravay Latrell and um, and the combinations with Murray and and Elias and that uh, it's getting better and better and better. So, yeah, he's certainly been a different side since he came back. Well, mate, appreciate the call. No, thank you. No, good on you, Sam. Thank you. What about this? 
Josh Kennedy for the Swans loss. Uh, speaking of his shoulders, Swans' Josh Kennedy was getting so big, the Swans' fitness coaches were only letting him do stretches in the gym at one point. <laughs> no name to that one, but there you go. Well, that no, no, Mel Meninga. Is that right? Mel. What, what, so the strength and conditioning guys so at the Raiders went, mate, get, Mel. Getting, getting too big. Get off the, off the bench press. So it was more uh, circuit weights. Okay. So it wasn't to put on muscle or size. It was, mate, you're too big now. So you've just got to cut it out. So limit the amount of weights you're doing and do more reps, hmm. lighter weights and circuits rather than putting on that muscle and size. And when you were done curls for an hour and a half, had anyone told you to stop or? I did extras. <laughs> <laughs> the more they told me to stop, the more I did. Yeah. That's pest behaviour too, isn't it? The more you tell someone not to do something. Oh. <laughs> it's just a natural reaction <laughs> the, for the many. More, the more they do it. Mm. Jeff, g'day mate, how are you? G'day Mido, g'day Snorky, how are you? Jeffrey, how are you mate? How good of a bloke is Seaweed? Who? Mossy. Oh, oh Mossy. <laughs> he is a lovely, lovely fellow, yeah, Mossy. one of, one of the top men. He's a bloke, isn't he? He is. He's very gentle. Yeah, I'd love to have a beer with him. Yeah, no, he's a gentleman, Mossy. I've got to tell you a story. Yep. There's five boys in the family. Mum used to have a paper bag for each of us, mm-hmm. for the cutting kit. She'd hide it in the garage. So whenever we get on the drink or the punt and we'd win, we'd... she had a name, but mum couldn't read or write English. Yeah. She got the sister-in-law, the older brother's sister-in-law, to go and because they were doing a garage sale and they went to clean the garage. Yeah. And the sister-in-law's found all these paper bags. <laughs> <laughs> what did she do with them? With, with all the things on them. She picked out her husband's one. I think there was about four and a half grand in there. Anyway, she's come back to her husband. She's come back to Jim and she said, who's is that? And Jim's put the blame on the younger brother. (laughs) (laughs) That wouldn't be like Jimmy. No, absolutely not. No, no chance. (laughs) Oh, mate. True story. Oh, (laughs) mate, how how bad is it though? Mate, what, you got it. Blokes trying to hide money from their wives, and as soon as you, you know, they find out what's going on here, and hey, uh. hey Loz, you got to have a cunning kit because you go out with the boys, right? If yeah. you tell your, if, if you're going out with four or five blokes, right, and you have it a big one, yeah. it's going to cost you three or four hundred. One hundred percent. How do you tell your missus <laughs> you're going to go and spend four hundred on the drink? <laughs> I know. Seriously, oh. I, 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 I used to tell mine, yeah, it's about a hundred. Yeah, right. Because it'd be happy hour, but you'd have three or four hundred in your kit. Well, mate, my wife says to me, if I go and meet the boys two days in a row, or I'm always on the phone to something, she goes, "You've already spoken to them. What, what do you need to speak about?" And I said, "Well, I don't know. You just speak about stuff. It's just stuff." Uh, you, hey, let me tell you, mate. You, there isn't a bloke right that loves a drink or a punt that hasn't got a cunning kid, and if he hasn't got one, there's something wrong with him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, you got to be worried. <laughs> Absolutely, all right, boys. Enjoy. Good on you, mate. Thanks, Jeff. Oh, there is some funny stories out there with it, you know, and how you get caught. I can't believe the amount we've had this morning. Uh, more here, one a quaddy, sixteen k. Kept it quiet. Told my mate at work. He then told his sister. She then told my wife. Long story short, I paid for a trip to Bali. <laughs> <laughs> you can't get away with it. I wonder if with, I wonder if women do that to men. Yeah, I reckon we're the idiots. 
they would do stuff that we would have because we we were quite vague. Mm-hmm. And you know we can tune out. And we, you know everyone says when we're saying we're not thinking about anything. What are you thinking about? Nothing. Nothing we're not yeah. thinking about anything. But I, I, I can see Westy's in there having a uh, little chuckle. What do you reckon, so, Westy? Do, there you go. Yep. Do women hide from the blokes? Yep. Like money. If you won something on the punt, would you split it with your husband or would you keep it? You should keep it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Well, I didn't think you'd be as devious as us. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that, I am. Yeah. <laughs> We're idiots. We are idiots. Yep, we yep. are. Um, Paul. I'll be going and looking through my wife's wardrobe <laughs> yeah. this morning when I get home. That'll be interesting. <laughs> Please, <laughs> I might be too. <laughs> <laughs> Please report back. <laughs> get up. Paul, morning to you. Talking between yourselves, mate. <laughs> How are you, Paul? Yeah, Paul from Cogra here. Uh, what's happening? I've got a story. I wish Blocker was there. I've, I've met Blocker a few times about his age and that. So I've met you two a couple of Lozza down at Northbridge Hotel. Paul from Cogra. Oh, beautiful. How are you, mate? All right? Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm on, on this, uh, the quiz. I'm the first quiz every day with uh, Dave Stan. I'm just at the uh, International Convention Centre going down to see him soon in a minute. Oh, I'll he's a champion, you. mate. Yeah. Now, this is a true story. We used to work at Quantit. We went up to the Gold Coast, yeah. the New Year's Eve, from 85 to 95. All right, so we used to go up there. Remember the old foam eskies? Yeah, I do. How did they break? You could, you could never get them to last the night, could you? No. Like, you'd get there, you'd start mm. it. That's so, right. So, Blake, you know him, Chrissy Johns. Remember him, the oh. old good footballer? Yeah, I know Johnsy very well. He used to work at Qantas. Did he? Before he started he playing, or while he was yeah, playing with he, the Dragons? He, he used to work, yeah. Oh, yeah, the big dragons, yeah. yeah. He used to work in the fitting shop, right? And a good mate of ours, Graham Faint, who used to uh, play for Canterbury. Yeah. Faint. He had a station wagon, right? And we'd be driving around in the back of the thing, right? All these things were running. They were the jobs from Quanta. So they give Johnsy a job. He'd take the job home and put it in the back of the car. He wouldn't work on it. He was beautiful, Johnsy. <laughs> Unbelievable. Right? So I know he's getting close. So we got up there and we thought, how are we going to make it through the night with these foam eskies? So Johnsy said, you know those hashing bags that the people use at the markets and that? The, the, oh, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he, he says, give it a go. So we gave it a go. We fill it, you know, you had a, a 24-pack each, one yeah. of these things, two bags of ice. It would last all night, and the water would seep out the bottom because you were in the mm. street. It was perfect. So <laughs> next year we go up. Johnsy, they were actually 50 cents each. So Johnsy went and bought everyone out of the market, right? Yeah. And this is when there was only one and two cent pieces. There's no gold coins. And we go, what are we going to sell them for? Five bucks. Five bucks. <laughs> And then, honestly, for the next three or four years, everyone walking around yeah. New Year's Eve up the Gold Coast was having these session bears with the bags. Unbelievable. This block Unbelievable. would say. Opportunity. <laughs> Opportunity. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they where Johnsy bought his uh, that coat from, you know. Well, you know, Johnsy did have the nickname Brainsy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We used to well, put it this way. We used to play touch football at corners. Yeah. Right? He'd come down, have four or five schooners, score six or seven tries, then head off to the uh, training with the Dragon. Oh, yeah. No, he loved a schooner too, Johnsy. Oh, they're great yeah, old stories be. though, aren't they? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, mate. Yeah. Brings back great memories. <laughs> Selling them for five bucks. Good on you, Paul. Thanks for the call, mate. Appreciate it. Who have we got? Luke Marlowe. Morning, man. How are you, mate? Very well, Mido. Good morning to you. Good morning, Loz. Um... All about context, boys. All about context. You'd hate to be a listener just tuning in at the back of that previous conversation. Loz going through the missus' wardrobe. Loz, <laughs> just be careful what you say, mate. People yeah. are listening. <laughs> <laughs> well, I might find some money in there, Luke. Oh, exactly, mate. Have mate. you got a secret stash, Mido? A bit of cash under the mattress or, uh, or something? No, we don't. Uh, well, I don't need to have a secret stash, but I will when I need to. I know that.
Absolutely. <laughs> one, one thing I've learned with the better half, mm. if, you're, uh, if you're going no good on the punt, usually you'll have a vent to them and, and just sort of let them know, oh, back to loser today, Dale, but... Never tell them when you're flying, boys. No, you never. <laughs> what about you, Luke? Give it away what about, when you're going oh, good. What about you then, Marlo? Have you got the stash hidden? No stash. No. I'm. Oh, you share I'm with the Lucia, do you? My generation. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I could get a bit of her. She's going okay. But, right. uh, mate, no. I'm more a, a, a card generation. Cash is sort of phased, phased out. Does anyone carry cash anymore? No, I love cash. Yeah. Um, well, I'm going to ask you then. Well, so, so you don't hide any money. If you have a win, you don't hide. I just sort of wouldn't go broadcasting it openly, saying, "Oh, gee, got the lot today," because um, the the, well, the mitts no, no, no. It's like... a it's a simple question. Do you hide and withhold, <laughs> or do you share? That's all <laughs> I'm asking. Oh, look, I that's I, that's I'm a that's that's a, that's, nice a dinner, hide. Yeah, that's a hide. Uh, no, I'd probably not. You're a hider. I'd, You're a hider. I'd produce something. I'd, yeah, but you don't produce a lot. <laughs> you don't produce <laughs> a lot, Marlo. I'm Come weak. On. I'm weak, you're yeah, right. You but I tell you what, we're going to try and produce a winner today, boys, because there's a horse uh, running in the Rosebud on Saturday. Uh, that's They sort of bet $26 about him all in in the Rosebud, but he's now a $6 chance called Zuccarino. So John O'Shea is going to be part of our show this morning. He's always great with his time and looking forward to chatting to John about this horse, whether he can sort of step up to group quality against some of these better three-year-olds. He's got a bit of a boom on him after his debut win. We want to talk Kosciuszko. Loz, you were there with me yesterday at uh, York 75. We did a function for Tab, um, unveiled the new Tab app, which is really exciting, and we were talking Kosciuszko. Cody Morgan is a trainer who's got a heap of horses heading towards that race. We saw the trophy yesterday. It's an absolute beauty. Um, he's got the likes of Mose Crown, Edit, Anathol, Lamelody, etc. So want to have a chat to Cody about the Cosy. Chris Roots, a regular of a Thursday. He's fresh off a break, boys, so excited to chat to the great man this morning. Jock Logley, Anthony Cummings and Adrian Bott, all a part of a big show today on HQ Thursday. I've got uh, a text here I've got to read out. Morning, Minnow. This woman, Chantel, must still be angry. Chantel lost the cash around $2,000. She won betting on the 2015 Melbourne Cup, a first-time punter. She posted, hi, oh, yeah, I heard this one before. She posted a photo of herself holding the winning ticket on Facebook. Placed a $20 bet on the 100-to-1 shot, Prince of Penzance, 2015. The photo showed the barcode, of course. A cheeky punter scanned the barcode, collected the cash. Bingo. Crackers really? setting. Yeah, if, if you ever, you don't oh, so do you that. Can... Do not post. Your, if you're photo. holding your <laughs> ticket, put it on social media and you haven't collected, someone could just take a photo of it, go out, collect it. They can wow. scan the code. I didn't know that. There you go. And you'll get toasted. It's it's happened since mid-02, don't worry. Oh, yeah. Um, it's a low, a low feeling. Can you imagine that? Uh, oh, back hundreds well, chance and mm. go to collect the ticket. Well, my no. mates aren't as smart as what I think they are then. Because I've posted to my chat group sometimes, if I've had a win. With the Just bar. rubbing it in, yeah. Oh, mate, don't do that. Oh, Unless you collect first. Yeah, collect first. Collect first. Oh, thanks Make for that sure tip. Oh, I didn't know I that. wish I didn't there tell you, you now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but, before we go, I've got a tip for today too. Got, got some mail. Newcastle race, race eight, number six, the $2.50 favourite. Diamond okay. Diesel, Adam Duggan, Dylan Gibbons rides. Uh, last start winner. Actually made its debut at, uh, in Hong Kong. It's come to Australia like it, and won at Gosford first up on a heavy track last month. I tell you, Marlo talked me out of backing an 18-to-one shot the other day. <laughs> 
Actually, that's it. Very quickly, boys. I know we're doing a bit of OT. Mm. Laurie appears in the chat group. Hey, boys, got this mail for this horse. Um, what do you think? Owners are tipping it. How good? Um, we sort of had a bit of an exchange. Yeah, trial well. Couldn't talk you out of backing it, Loz. Anyway, the horse duly salutes. I'm stoked. I've had something on. I'm, <laughs> I'm wrapped. Thanks Thanks so much, Loz. Yeah. He's not on. <laughs> he talked me out of it. He goes, I'm backing this thing oh. here. I said back both, and he, he, <laughs> this thing sailed home one by five. Oh, Loz, thanks so much, mate. He, he's not on himself. Yeah, you you was... brought the tip. You tipped the horse to us and didn't back it yourself. Didn't that back was one it of your myself. best, Daly. I oh, know. Terrible. One of your best. Still feeling the pain. Good on you. Still feeling the pain. Have a good day, boys. Sorry to bring up that memory.